Welcome to Pawtastic Friends, the Paw Talk. In this podcast, we visit with Pawtastic Friends founder Michael and Melissa Novelli about their passion around providing enrichment training for rescue dogs. We'll tell the stories of Pawtastic Friends through their work with rescue dogs. There are some heartwarming stories. There are some heartbreaking stories. But I know you'll enjoy this podcast, Pawtastic Friends, The Paw Talk. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox. Thrilled to be back with Michael and Melissa Novelli, founders of Pawtastic Friends for The Paw Talk. Hey, guys. Hi, Tom. What's happening? Always good to see you. I thought I was going to tell you it was hot, but apparently it's not hot here compared to there. So what is there for you guys in terms of heat right now? Today it's 118 degrees. We're going to use that as a theme at the end where I ask you for your tip. But before we get there, who do you have to tell us about for this episode, guys? So this week we're going to talk about two of the dogs that are currently in the program. That is Max and also Queen and Paul Newman, who got adopted. And Melissa knows these dogs like nobody else. So she can do all the wonderful describing and all the wonderful things about (laughs) these dogs. Then Melissa, tell us about Max. Max is one of my favorites. I always post on social media that I'm FaceTiming with my boyfriend, Max. He is a gem. He's five years old. He's available for adoption with our friends at Animal Network. Max has a sad story. He came from a loving home and had a mom who loved him infinitely. And she passed away. And he was in the house with her for, I believe it was five days until somebody came to help them. And he's in boarding, which is also sad. A little confused, sad as the days go by. So what we do for Max is we have our boarding buddies program and the volunteers take him out and they love on him and hug him and kiss him. And he plays and walks, cools off under the tents that the girls set up. And he loves coming to the enrichment training center. When he gets to the center, his trainer, Keith, tries to build his confidence, build his trust a little bit, and most importantly, build his spirit because he's very sad. So he comes and he sees the volunteers there. He's working on his basic obedience, loves agility, but he's the type of dog that more than those things, what's important for him is like I said, building his spirits and keeping his hope alive, but he's a gem. So that's a really important point. And we recently lost one of ours. And so our youngest, dog is just what you described. She's very sad. Can, and maybe you say a few more words about how you would work with a dog to help them get through the grief that maybe all of us go through. And you talked about rebuilding their trust and rebuilding that somebody will be there with them. But how do you really work with a dog that's sad, Melissa? For us, we try everything we can. Like I said, the volunteers are instrumental in helping dogs come alive again. Like anything, he went from a loving home and now he's living in a kennel. So he's got that confusion. He's not sure. He's grieving. 
So the volunteers, the most important thing is that when he comes out, whatever he needs that day, they give him. If it's just sitting under the tent and just petting him on the bed, Nicole t- transports him. She's one of our volunteers in the car. It's just talking to him, reassuring him that things are going to be okay and that he's going to find his home, FaceTiming with his girlfriend. That's always a plus. <laughs> and, and networking him. Because this is a dog that went from a loving home to a rescue and boarding. And as much as we try to do our best, a dog is always better in a home. So he plays with toys with Keith. Sometimes at the center, I, when I look at the cameras, I just see Keith like loving on him. And he'll tell me, as a matter of fact, I gave him an extra session this week and his trainer texted me and said, his spirits are up and he's having a great day. And one of the volunteers said the same yesterday. So now I think we're on the road to healing for him. Who can tell us Queen? Queen? Yeah. You want me to tell? Yeah, I love Queen. So let me first tell them about the foster parents. So the foster parents are Brian and Jan Jorgensen. And they absolutely love this dog. They take Queen to training. And they actually signed Queen up for our class, which is C-L-A-S, all with little periods in there that Melissa Parker teaches. And they're so dedicated to Queen being the best that they actually paid out of their own pocket for Queen to come to the extra class that's six weeks. Great foster parents. And that's the key with a lot of these dogs. If they can get great foster parents like Jan and Brian Jorgensen, these dogs can succeed and thrive. So what kind of dog is Queen? So Queen is a petite little black and white pity, and she has zazz like you would not believe. She's like a little spitfire. Another sad story, she was found abandoned in a dog park, and they found her with what they thought was burns, but all wounds all over her body. She had to have her tail amputated, and like Michael said, she landed in the home of Ryan and Jan, and they are just amazing. They spare no effort at all to make sure she's the best that she can be from taking her to adoption events and showcasing her to taking her to socializing classes because she gets a little excited around other dogs to taking her to our six week class. And they just want her to be the best that she can be. And what I love about them is I always believe in creating a resume for a dog and they're creating a resume for queen that keeps adding And our trainers working with her on some canine good citizen things. And she's just thriving. So this girl that was abandoned in a park found a whole village of people to make sure that she gets her happily ever after. How do you help a dog who's a little nervous around other dogs? Does that mean she needs to go and be solo in a home or can she adjust to being around other dogs? How do you help a potential foster parent or or rather a potential forever parent think through those issues, Melissa? So for us, we have socializing walls in there so we can socialize two dogs safely at our facility. But another thing, what is a good thing to do, just exposure. I don't like to limit a dog to being an only dog only because through the years, we've proven that fact to be not always correct. A lot of dogs just 
don't know how to interact with other dogs. So like a perfect dog, like queen, they take her to adoption events. They sit a little ways. Every week she goes, she's getting more and more exposure around being around other dogs. They take her to a socializing class that's free to rescue dogs in the park. And she doesn't engage. She starts out far away. And then each week she gets closer and closer. At our six-week class, when Queen first started at our first class, she was in the agility area. This week, our second class, she was out with all the other dogs. And it was just amazing to see. She was so well-behaved. She was so interested in learning that the other dogs, she didn't even care about. Okay. And who is the candidate that got adopted that we can talk about this week? So a long time coming, Paul Newman, who was with our friends over at the Samadhi Legacy Foundation, volunteer favorite, Sandy, who's one of our amazing volunteers, Paul Newman was her favorite. So every time he would come in, she's like, Paul Newman, we give him puppuccinos. Everybody loved Paul Newman. And he just found an absolutely fantastic home with that. And Paul had started in our program in June of 2022, little bit about his backstory is he was at the local shelter and he was facing euthanasia and Kathy at Samadhi Legacy Foundation saved him and another dog, Prince, who's also in our program, almost at the last second because she saw something in them and she was right because Paul Newman, he's a ladies man. (laughs) All he has to do is show those eyes and bat those eyelashes. And boom, you're in love with them. And a gentle soul. Big pit bull mix, probably a good 90, 100 pounds and gentle as can be. And he lives with another dog. Yeah. So tell us about his forever parents. So Beth is has worked with us for a long time. As a matter of fact, when we met Beth, she was working with a rescue and she wanted to get a dog, Naomi, in the program. Amazing lady, amazing family. He has a sister and she just loves him to pieces. So he went to a fantastic home. And what's even better is we get updates. So I love that. Unfortunately, we're moving towards the end of this episode, but before we do for this month of shows, I wanted to ask tips around dogs and the heat. And I say that because as you mentioned, Michael, it's 118 in Las Vegas. It's been consistently at 105 here in Kerrville where I live. And the question I wanted to pose is, how can you tell if a heat, the heat is affecting a dog, even leading up to a heat stroke? So for us, we're very diligent about making sure that the dogs are safe. Again, we have our boarding buddies program. So for us, we walk very early in the morning. We limit the walks to very short walks. You can always tell when a dog is getting overheated. They're either panting heavily, they might be a little disoriented, they might be on their side, like where they can't get enough, they lose their balance, they could be throwing up, have diarrhea. So there's a lot of things, so people really have to be diligent. Check the ground, if it's too hot for you, it's too hot for them. But even the air, especially for like dogs that have a lot of fur, dogs that are black in color, that heat absorbs so quickly and heat stroke can take a matter of minutes and then 
that's all it takes. So you want to be very diligent and make sure that you're walking at the right time. You want to make sure your dogs are cool. You want to make sure you have water and you want to just be the best pet parent, best volunteer you can be because we're the voice for these dogs. In the pavement too, I know we've talked about this previously, but one of our trainers the other day, he took a measurement with his thermal gun. It was 156 degrees on the blacktop mm. at 10 o'clock in the morning. People, when you see them walking their dogs, say something. Don't just shake your head. Say something. It's You're protecting the dogs. Sometimes people don't think. Well, when they do want to think and they want to find out about a dog for adoption or maybe find out more about Pawtastic Friends, where can they go? They can visit our website. It's pawtasticfriends.com. They can also check us out on Facebook where we put a lot of videos on there or Instagram. That's Pawtastic Friends, LV on Instagram and Pawtastic Friends on Facebook. You see all the personalities of the dogs and all the ones that are available for adoption and the success stories. That takes us to the end of this episode. I look forward to continuing this conversation, guys. Thanks so much, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll consider a donation to Pawtastic Friends. They perform a great service. They're great people and they enrich the lives of dogs, of people, of their trainers, and a wide variety of others. I've linked to Pawtastic Friends in the show notes. You can check out a video of Darling if you're interested in taking a look at adopting her. Pawtastic Friends, The Paw Talk is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.